You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. You're watching the Pirate Football Playback on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on our YouTube channel and Facebook Live as we talk East Carolina football. Now, here are the guys. Great to be here on the Pirate Football Playback as Pirates get a big win, 47-45 and four overtimes over Memphis at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, right the stadium right behind me, as a matter of fact. With us right now, the birthday boy had a great time to spend uh, this afternoon in Goldsboro, as my daughter Mackenzie said, the big city of Goldsboro. It's Kyle from Grange Park. <laughs> How are you? Wow, she was impressed with the uh, with the ambiance and glamour that is Goldsboro. Uh, yes, easily yes. impressed, but uh, charming little town. Yeah, Goldsboro's not bad at all. But uh, I uh, know uh, good, good birthday weekend. Um, great, great time yesterday. Great time today. Um, huge win for the Pirates. You know, you know, we have our hugest win of the year, most exciting win of the year. And Bubba and Matt, neither one are here to participate. Bubba's hey. Bubba's tired. I don't where's Matt? Has Matt not landed yet? He said he'd he be not. home by he's eight o'clock. Yeah, I thought he'd be home by eight, but you know. Uh, hey. well, you know what flights are flies. Sometimes you get delayed. But uh, you know, flying from Myrtle Beach to Hartford, then I guess he had to get from Hartford to his town. But uh exactly. it's a two man show tonight. So uh if anybody was looking for in-depth analysis from Bubba or uh, a player's perspective from Matt, you're going to have to come back another time. We're going to have a great time. I promise you that. In fact, uh, Kyle and I are ready to go, uh, ready to rock. i tell you what, by the way, want to give a sh big shout-out, uh, Kyle, to our good friend Kevin K.K. Walker, a uh, great supporter of the program. Kevin's been with us uh, for the last uh, couple of years. And, uh, man, what a great uh, – the L&K Custom Homes – Want to give him a shout out because uh, they sponsor the uh, playback and appreciate that very much. Kyle, man, we've had so much fun uh, together this weekend and it started with a great tailgate. We had a great time. And then, uh, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Richard Allsbrook for coming by and his great wife, Monica, who believes with the, um, believes you like a hundred percent of the time. She sides with you. Um, she's a very smart lady. Yes, she is. I'll give her credit for that. You, you know, that's the thing is that you called it. So let's, uh, you said the Pirates are going to win this game. They yep. did. And one thing I was going to say, um, Kyle, before we get talk about the game, how about this week? As you saw, the line is uh, only three points. Yeah, so, it's up to four and a half the last I saw, but it up to okay. three. Um, uh, a little surprising to me. And that's not a knock on our team. That's more price for UCF. They've been playing lights out. They've been playing lights out on defense all year. And their offense has really picked up the last couple of weeks. Um, right. I, I, you know, I'm hoping uh, maybe uh, they'll uh, they'll they'll tick back down on offense. You know, who, who knows? But if they play like they've had the last two weeks, I think they're the best team in the league right now. And oh yeah, that's saying a lot. Cincinnati and Tulane are both in the top 25. Cincinnati's 19 this week, and Tulane's 25. I thought UCF would be ranked there, 27th. They're just outside the top 25. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I, I we're going to have to play our best game of the year to win on Saturday. It's going to take a supreme effort, but uh, I, I'm still trying to enjoy this one. Um, uh, this was a huge win. It was a must win, if there ever was a must win. If we're going to get to a bowl game this year, that we, had to, we, we had to have this game. And uh, we got it. It took four overtimes, 17-point deficit. Um, you know, and that's a good Memphis team, particularly on offense. And they got a good run defense. And um, Keaton Mitchell, you could tell he was back healthy. Oh, yeah, uh, Keaton, Keaton had his best game in weeks. I guess a pretty good run defense. Um, you know, that's a that quarterback from Memphis is really, really good. Puts up big numbers. Um, and he had a good game yesterday. He made two uh, ill-advised passes that cost them huge. Uh, one, obviously, a pick six. The other sat us up for a touchdown right before halftime. Um, so the defense yesterday, uh, score-wise, not their best day, but they made some huge plays. Um, didn't get the stop at the end of regulation, which would have been uh, obviously huge because we wouldn't have had to go to overtime after we scored yeah. a touchdown. But uh, you, you take those two picks off the board, you, you take away 14 points. Literally, one was a pick six, and the other one set us up for a touchdown right before half. So uh, 14 of those points belong to the uh, the defense that we put up yesterday. Got some uh, – put your questions and comments up on Facebook and YouTube, and let's start off with Craig. What do you call a pirate that goes toe-to-toe with a tiger for four overtimes? A winner. That's what – absolutely, Craig. In fact, he said, by the way – he said, love to see in the photos of the sports objective crew together at the game. Uh, no doubt. And here's one for Brandon, by the way, Kyle. All right. He says, one hell of a game and a win last night. Need to bring the same effort against UCF. Uh, more people need to show up to fill up the seats. That's one thing that I was going to talk about is I was disappointed uh, with the crowd last night. Kyle, you were there, and I was there. Bubba, hey, Matt, everything. It's about what I expected it to be by kickoff. I think we – what was the official attendance, do you know? I need to look that up. I can look it up while you're talking. It looked like it was probably around 35,000 to me. But what what I just don't understand is you're in a four-point yeah, four game at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, and half the crowd leaves. And maybe there was homecoming activities they had to go to. Maybe some of the old folks needed to leave so they could get home. I, but I've never really quite understood that. It ain't going to get no darker. Dark is dark. <laughs> Whether you're driving it at 8 p.m. or 12 a.m., it ain't going to get no darker. So I've never really quite, quite understood that uh, that that mentality. But uh, yeah. whatever your reason was for leaving at halftime, unless it was a family emergency, you had some sort of obligation, uh, I, I don't get that. I mean, you, you're in a close ball game. You know, stay till the end. And you, you, you missed one of the most exciting games in – uh, you know, the last decade at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. I mean, you look look during the Scotty Montgomery era. Um, you know, you'd, you'd have to go back. And, we're, you know, we're, we're two years, you know, uh, it, it would definitely be in the top ten, if not top five most exciting yeah. games um, in Dowdy Ficklin in the last uh, in the last decade. Um and, and that, that you know, that that was the Ruffin McNeil era, the Scotty, the Scotty Montgomery era. And uh, so far, the Mike Houston era. That's four overtimes. I mean, what a memorable ball game. And uh, I would expect next weekend for UCF coming off of a win, the crowd will probably be a, 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 a hair better than this week. But uh, um, before Bush ever going to need the same effort next week, no. 
we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna need a better effort. Um, we're gonna need a better effort, or we're gonna need you know sometimes people don't, sometimes people don't take well. No, what I was gonna say, Dave. Sometimes people don't take into account. Sometimes the other team doesn't play well. So we we either need a our best effort of the year, or we need UCF not to play well. And sometimes that happens. All right. And by the way, as far as attendance, I looked it up in uh, Robert Paul. We have the the best uh, viewers and listeners, obviously, for the show. And it's uh, it was thirty eight thousand fifty nine to be exact. Thank you, Robert. Is yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't really. Is that ticket scanned or ticket sold? That's probably uh, probably tickets sold. I would think. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't think you know. I I, I thought really right before kickoff, it, it it filled in some after kickoff even. I guess people were tailgating yeah. late. Uh, by the time, you know, we were in the first quarter, the crowd was decent, but the, 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 like I said, the people leaving the halftime is ridiculous. Oh yeah. I had people behind me. I told you guys that I had people behind me that literally left right after halftime saying it was so late. The late starts at seven 30, you know, um, when you're well, looking like, I said, is it going to get any darker? Yeah, exactly. That's why I was, uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, the great game. Uh, we have. Lucky Larry is here. That says who he's going by there. We we have it right here. Raising my hand, why do we go for a fourth and 29? Um, he says, please uh, answer whose call with it. Yeah, the fake punt. Was it fourth? That was it, fourth it was not. It was like fourth and 19. Okay, well, whatever it was. Yeah, that that was a called play. Uh, I thought maybe they – I uh, Houston said he saw something on film. Yeah. That was going to be there. It was there, and so they took it. Um, I, I, you know, here's the thing. I think they heard. I think they listened and watched the sports objective, and because I asked for a trick play, okay. notice it. Notice that you said you helped me out with that one. It has to be the right time, and I just didn't feel like that. If it was uh, fourth and three, fourth and five, it would have probably worked. But fourth and nineteen was. Um, and we were at our own. Was it forty yard line? Yeah, it was. It was somewhere around that. Yeah, it was. I I don't understand that call at all. Uh, it, it it it's uh it it was horrible. And, and um, even if you get it, I you know I, you go wow, what a, what a gutsy call! Holy crap! I can't believe we got it. But uh, yeah, to me that is low risk. Uh, excuse me, high risk, low reward. Yeah. Even if you get it, you know, you, you know, you're, you're still around midfield. So I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like to play, you know, I, it didn't work obviously, but you know what? Um, at the end of the day, you can forgive that because who won the football game? Uh, also, I think uh, Houston at that point in the game was probably trying to create some momentum. Yeah. Um, he, that. he was talking about with Houston, excuse me. Uh, Houston was saying, the Memphis is a very good football team, so they knew they were going to have to do that. And you know what? Um, I'm happy they tried something. I just was disappointed. Yeah, by the, time. the timing was yeah. what we talked You talked about that. I mentioned about the trick plays, and you mentioned about timing. So both of us were uh, right on that one. And, and by the way, um, I thought I thought with the crowd that was there was very loud last night, so I have to give them credit. In fact, if you look at the North side and south side where Callen are, the original part of the, well, that's not the original part. I guess the south side is the original part of the stadium. But both those sides are about 17.5 each. And then you have um, the upper deck is what, about 8,000? Uh, you have the, and then you have the um, 
7,000. They've had another thousand. So you can kind of like, when you look at the stadium, uh, we can't fault the Memphis folks. They didn't, you know, they didn't come. That's a couple thousand right there. It's, was it 3000 seats up to that? Uh, and, uh, and if it was legitimately 38,000 and they all showed up and stayed till the end of the game, I, I think that's fine. I mean, but the, uh, and like I said, even at kickoff, it was what it was. It wasn't a horrible crowd it, by any means. By the time we were playing the game, uh, to me, I it's just where did everybody go? I, I just, for the life of me, I don't understand it. I don't talk about it so late. Like I said, is it going to get darker? I mean, I you know, I you know, I understand the you know most wrecks occur on Saturday night around one a.m. Uh, maybe that logic if you're driving back to Charlotte or something. Uh, I, I just don't understand. I mean, people, it's Sunday morning. You know, you got church at eleven. I mean, you could probably skip Sunday school. You just got to be there by eleven a.m. I mean, it ain't like right. you get them to go to work. So I, I don't, I, I don't understand the logic. Um, to be quite honest with you, Dave, unless it's some sort of rare occasion, like uh, I remember, I had um, the worst upper respiratory infection in my life in twenty fourteen. Worse mm-hmm. than COVID nineteen. This kit, this made COVID nineteen look like a, a you know a, a bitch. I mean, it was the worst. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was horrible. Okay. And I had it all week and it was the week where Justin Hardy was going to break the NCAA record playing Tulane. Oh, I, I told I, and uh, it was in November. It was a cold day. And uh, we had a late afternoon kickoff. And I told Jessica, I said, we're going to go to the first half. I'm sick. And I said, we're going to watch Justin Hardy break that record. Then we're leaving at halftime and I'm watching the rest on TV. Otherwise than that, if I'm not going to stay for the whole game, uh, I'm not going to go. I mean, why even go if your plan is to leave at halftime? Right. And that's the thing is that we'll get to the stats in a minute. Our very own Bubba um, they put that up. And here's the thing. Um, here's my, here's what I'm saying. Out of 52 weeks of the year, right? There's uh, this year, seven home games. So seven, I don't even know Bubba's the um, numbers guy, but seven out of 52. And you take people like Bubba Rosenbaum and the Rosenbaum is coming from the Western part of the state. Those of us that I got home at like 1.30 in the morning and it was well worth it. Um, yeah. The reality is, and and you missed the best part of the game. Sometimes like last year, um, college, you know, I had a 30-year high school reunion and it happened to be on a game and I left at halftime and listened on the way. But most of the time, um, I'm going to be there. And um, here's my thing. We are a great fan base. We have a great coaching staff. Uh, we have one of the best game day atmospheres ever. Um, for me personally, yes, I'm going to like, if lucky Larry, uh, I know they bought the tickets, but give the tickets to somebody else. If you can't make it and let them go to the, uh, to the game and enjoy it. Because, uh, for me, we need those, we need rowdy dowdy to be live up to his reputation. Um, yeah. Well, and, and like I said, to me, the beginning of the game, I, you know, I don't think the crowd was horrible. It just got that way, but it, too many pauses to be focusing on the negatives. Um, well, yeah, That's you know, the, the, the defense with the picks, the second half overall, the, the overtime, the last drive of regulation, uh, or excuse me, our last, our last drive of regulation, uh, or well, no, I, I'll get it right in a minute. Our last scoring drive of regulation was, you know, was masterful, uh, great clock management. You know, I heard some people commenting, um, you know, Houston let us score. Maybe we should have just, just you know, almost took a knee and 
played for the field goal. Have you seen our kicking unit this year? I don't give a damn if it was at the one-yard line. If we'd have done that, I'd have shot somebody. Are you kidding me? Get yeah. the damn end zone to score. Um, yeah, that was, there's, there's, the- there's not so much you can do. I mean, if they're going to let you score, you, you, you can't not score. So they got the ball back with a minute 45 left. Unfortunately, our defense couldn't get a stop. Um, and, you know, and I really thought we would, but we didn't. But, uh, you know, just set up for uh, an all-time classic finish in overtime. And, um, Dave, there was times in overtime, I don't know if you felt the same way, uh, if the listeners felt the same way, where I just thought, we, if this is it, we're going to lose. This is, you know, we're going to lose. When we didn't get our two-point conversion in the uh, second overtime and the Memphis scored and went for two, and I thought, okay, they're going to win it here, and then we stopped them. Then comes up in the third, in the third overtime, Memphis gets the two-point conversion to start in the third overtime. And I thought, oh, man, no way we're going to match. And then touchdown by Keaton Mitchell. Then the fourth overtime comes, and um, Holton hits Chris Johnson. Uh, Chris Johnson. C.J. Johnson on the uh, on little pass play that they've been running together since high school. I don't know if you heard that story, Dave. Um, Holton yeah. and C.J. have been running that play since they were freshmen in high school. Hadn't ran it at all this year. And Holton asked for that play, um, going out on the field, and uh, CJ ran it. Um, I didn't notice it during the game, but I noticed it on the coaches' show today. Uh, CJ was interfered with horribly on that play. Yes, he, he still was. caught the ball. There was not a flag thrown. Now, sometimes to be fair to the officials, sometimes they don't throw those pass interference flags until after the play, um, which I never have understood. But you see that happen a lot, so. Maybe if he didn't catch the ball, they would have thrown the flag. Um, but great catch by CJ with somebody draped off all, all over him. I kind of felt then it was now or never that the crowd needed to get up, get loud, and the defense needed to win it now. And um, we did. Crowd crowd got up, got loud. We got just enough pressure on the quarterback to make him overthrow their receiver. And uh, it was ball game. And great celebration. Um, the The – Players were extremely excited on the field. Fans were excited. Um, it was uh, for it to be the first game I was able to attend all year. Uh, it was fantastic, fantastic finish. No doubt about it. And let's go through. Uh, I know Bubba's put some stats up for me. How about Zay Winstead? If you're at the game, he was the MVP. That's what they. Yeah. Did. By the way, nothing against Zay uh, Isaiah Winstead. I love Isaiah Winstead. The MVP of the game should have went to Keaton Mitchell. In my opinion. Davis would 11 tackles and a pick six at tight in the third quarter. Yeah, that, that's an argue that he maybe should have been MVP also. Yeah, uh, well, it's, a team, it's a team sport. Dave's freezing up on me here. I don't know if that's on my end or his end, but uh, it's completely frozen on my end. Dave, you with us? Having some technical difficulties here, folks. It's a, Dave's freezing up. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you now, Dave. Got me. But yeah, like like just team sport. Uh, n- nothing against uh, Winstead getting MVP. He's a great player, made some great plays. But you're right. Uh, it could have been Woods or, or uh, Keaton Mitchell, either one. Uh, did Keaton have 154 yards rushing? Did I see that right? I have to look it up. Hang on one second. Bubba, do you have that stat? How many yards rushing did uh, Keaton have? 
I'm looking for you right now. Let's see. I have to look. And while Bubba's looking, or while Dave's looking that up, uh, we're talking about uniforms. Those uniforms last night were fantastic. Um, I posted on uh, Boneyard Banner today and uh, asked, uh, you know, if other people agreed. And nobody made any negative comments that they would like to see those uniforms become our primary uniforms. I'd love to see them, and I like the helmet. I like the white helmet with the script pirate and the uh, classic ECU on the front, but I'd love to see them with our current helmets uh, with the skull and crossbone logo on the side, maybe, but with a gold face mask. Um, I think that would look good. Uh, those uniforms were slick. Uh, if you would like to see those uniforms, uh, maybe, but with a different helmet, or maybe you like that helmet as our primary uniforms, uh, comment below. Uh, maybe you disagree, but uh, I think those are the best-looking uniforms we've had uh, in years. Yeah, we won with white helmets, right? Yeah, yeah, it was different white helmets. So. Yeah, not the same ones, I know, but there, I'm sure there will be a reason. I'm still looking for that stat for uh, uh, Keaton Mitchell. Um, he ended up with 149 yards. It was 29 on 29 rushes. Yeah, there you go. I mean, see, 150 yard rushing. So, how in the world he yeah. wasn't MVP, I don't know. But it, it, it doesn't matter. He's our MVP. How about that? He is the sports objective MVP of the week, Keaton Mitchell. There you go. And uh, glad to see Keaton back to being Keaton Mitchell. Um, if we can get that kind of performance out of Keaton Mitchell every game the rest of the year, uh, we'll, 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 we'll be going to a bowl game. And I think Dave is froze again. Can you hear me? I hear you now, Dave. <laughs> All right, throws again. This is going smoothly, boy. Uh, there you go, Dave. You, you're back with us. You're moving right. again. Hey, yeah, but best game of the year and the worst podcast of the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a. Uh, it's going to be a one-man show here in a minute, the way Dave's freezing every five seconds. There we go, guys. It's just me. It's what you've all wanted. It's the, it's the Kyle Barber show live here on the Sports Objective. It's the one-man show that everybody's been waiting for. Um, Dave will hopefully be back here in a second. Bubba's producing, cannot participate. Matt is flying back from Connecticut. And, uh, you, know, you, you know, you come off a win, a four-overtime win, and you got all the momentum in the world, all the excitement, and uh, people can't participate on the show. People have technical difficulties. You, you, you don't capitalize on momentum. It's kind of like in a football game when you get a turnover and the offense doesn't capitalize on it. That's what we're doing here, folks. The sports objective is not capitalizing on momentum. You, you, got, you got a lot of people excited about fire football after last night. and What, what a mess we have here. So uh, I'm going to give Dave a couple more seconds to rejoin and we'll continue the show. He's rebooting his internet as we speak right now. So uh, I am flying. So I love Bubba. If you are producing, man, come on here and save me. I need some relief. I can't do this thing solo. Um, I'm just sitting here talking to myself rambling. So Bubba, if you are, if you are in the background producing, you're going to have to come on the air here. Um, Dave will be back here in a moment. He's rebooting his internet. Um, I'm flying solo. I don't even have any stats to give. Um, yeah, how about last night, everybody? Uh, 
listening uh, to uh, to the reaction, my wife just brought it up. There's Bubba. Bubba's going to come in and save the day. Uh, Bubba, I was about to bring up uh, Backstreet Boys. Uh, I want it that way. Uh, uh, did not expect the crowd to react that much to that song and sing along. Is that going to be a new tradition for ECU? Say that again. I was turning up my volume. You, you uh, talk, I was asking you, you the, talking the, about the playing of that song. Yeah, Backstreet Boys. Uh, I want it that way. Is there, there going to be a new tradition for the Pirates now? Let's, let's hope not. No, I, no. <laughs> I, I'm like you. I love the crowd participating, but I said, yeah, this just screams football, doesn't it? Jessica loved it. She she wants it to be a new tradition. Um, I uh, I think it was mostly the girls. Uh, but you know what? Bubba, to be honest with you, after that song, that's kind of when the vibe changed in the stadium. At that point, it was kind of iffy. And uh, after that song, you know, things kind of started rolling. So uh, you, you can't argue with success, can you? Yeah. I mean, talk about uh, Larry. Larry says, I'm tired of Cotton Eye Joe. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of rolling, uh, you take a look at uh, – and Seth Hennigan uh, from Memphis had a very good night, 27 to 37, 407. But yeah. he, did have, he did have the two picks. We were able to sack him four times. Uh, obviously, the first pick set up our second score right before the half. That was huge, uh, obviously, with the momentum. And, um, you know, that game went from 17 to nothing with just under two minutes left to 17 uh, 13. Because, you know, I was talking to uh, a few fans right around me. In section four, just saying, hey, uh, you know, seventeen nothing. I said, we, I said, we really got to put a drive together here because otherwise, you know, Memphis can get the ball back right here at the end of the half. Yeah, and they get the second half kickoffs, and so exactly. all, all of a sudden, you could have been looking at you know, twenty-seven or thirty-one nothing or something. But uh, but man, how the complexion of that game changed in about a minute and a half. Uh, I was, it was, it was huge. The, 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 the. The, the the nice drive from the Pirates and then the pick and taking advantage of the pick, you know, as I brought up earlier, uh, defense last night, not stellar, but they made huge plays. The the the, the pick right before halftime that set up Holton Naylor's touchdown pass and then the uh, the pick six in, in the second half. Um, two huge plays, 14 points right there. And, uh, you know, you're right, at 17 nothing, all the momentum going Memphis's way to score two touchdowns, even with the missed extra point or whatever happened on that play. Yeah, since uh, si- si- you brought up the, the PAT, uh, you know, we did not miss it. I mean, yes, we the PAT was not successful, obviously. But yeah. uh, just to clarify for anyone who may have been listening and not watching yeah, and never didn't, had the kickoff. didn't see it on replay, it was as simple as, uh, you know, our holder did not catch the snap. Uh, it was a perfect snap. And we just failed to catch it, so we weren't even even able to attempt to kick it. Yes, kick operation failure. Um, yeah, last night, uh, the young man, uh, what is his name? What, what's the new kicker's name there, Bubba? Andrew Conrad. Um, and I believe true freshman out of East Forsyth High School in Kernersville, North Carolina, just outside of Winston-Salem. Perfect on the night because uh, you can't put that one on him. He never got a chance to attempt it. Yeah. Uh, you know, had a made a very short field goal. Yeah, uh, had some pressure kicks, man. Put us up twenty three twenty. Yeah, pressure kick there, and and in overtime, them extra points are pressure kicks. And uh, he made the, his his one extra point attempt in overtime. He made his extra point attempt at the end of regulation. 
Uh, so uh, good for him. And, um, you know, uh, Coach Houston said Owen Dapper will be back at some point, and I truly really believe that. But uh, nice job by him last night in his first chance, and uh, he took advantage of his opportunity. And Dave's back with us. I am. I rebooted my internet. Hopefully, pay a lot of money for it, so hopefully it'll work. And um, anyway. and, and and like Mike Houston brought up in the the post game, you know, hats off to Owen Daffer. He did a good job. You know, um, on the kickoffs. Um, I know we had at least a few touchbacks, and yeah. and you know he he didn't hang his head, not no longer being the uh, the place kicker. And you know, hats off to him for um, the job he did as kickoff specialist last night. Yeah, and I'm not inside of one Daffer's head, but uh, he he might have needed a break. You know, uh, some, uh, he 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 clearly had had been in his own head, and uh, it had been a struggle. Um, now, what do you do with Holder? Uh, you know, you, you change Holders last night, and he screws up. Well, you know, a good snap. Actually, it, it was still um, it was still the same Holder. It was still still Luke Larson. Okay, so Larson was holder uh, yeah, Brock, all game. Okay, Brock's falling did not. Uh, okay, I believe I don't believe he played in in any um, you know any capacity. Be it, yeah, I knew he didn't play receiver after he yeah. was talked up all week. Yeah. What is that about? But you did see. Um, I don't know. Um, you know what the thought process what what went into that? To, uh, but I, I you did see Josiah Hatfield who had played sparingly. You know, yeah. five or ten snaps. Uh, for, the, for the most part, he came in and played 50 or 60 snaps last night, maybe even 65 out of our 80 offensive uh, snaps. Kerry King, anytime he's gone on the field, has made a play. Uh, last night, a huge yeah. fumble recovery. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got to be on the field more. Yeah, Kerry King had two catches for maybe 15 or 20 yards yeah. last last night. And um, like you mentioned, a big fumble recovery. And I think he played 20 or 25 snaps. Yeah, I'd, I'd get him on the field more. Um, yeah. Josiah Hatfield has all the playmaking ability in the world, but he doesn't make plays. I mean, he, you know, he had some some short catches last night, and it was good he caught the ball, but uh, he's not getting much yards after catch. It's, it's kind of what you want out of him, and you know, maybe uh, maybe in future games he will. Um, you know, I, we don't know how bad uh, Jalen Johnson's hurt if that's going to be an ongoing thing, but. Uh, Good last night to see some different receivers get some playing time. And, um, you know, you, you, you got to wonder, we changed kickers. Uh, Luke Larson's still holding. Uh, will we see a new holder next week? Um, because you, you can't have him, you know, continually screwing up things like that. No, and we have the 50. And, guys, we've talked about so many times this year when you look at the schedule. In fact, uh, Lucky Larry, um, if you can put that comment at Bubba, um, he was talking about the winnable games. Yeah, well, I was going to go back to that here in a okay. little bit after we finished talking about last night's game. Okay. But anyway, um, what I was going to talk about is the 50-50 games we have, you know, coming up, but we'll get that in a second about his question. But when you have 50-50 games, one little mistake, and this league is so great um, with parity that one mistake can be the difference of winning and losing. So we can't have an extra point. Um, what is that, Bubba, five or six? It's at least five. That's six. 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 Yeah. six. yeah, so six extra points. That's six points we didn't get that we should have. That's usually automatic. So we've got to – Luke Larson's got to go. Um, everybody's been picking on Owen Daffer, but I think Luke Larson's 30 years old. And, um, you know, he's – Well, he, he can punt, but uh, if we can – 
there's got to be somebody else that can hold. Uh, and Luke's punting has gotten better as the year's gone. Um, but we, we need to work. We, we, we need to try somebody else's holder. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Um, but Kyle, but you, go ahead, Bubba. A moment ago, you brought up that you brought up the term playmaker. Um, when discussing Josiah Hatfield. Um, yeah. talk, talk about Keaton Mitchell. I think I think y'all may have already referenced some of uh, what he did last night. But Keaton, should have been MVP in my opinion. Keaton finished with um, like Dave mentioned a moment ago, 149 yards on 29 carries, three touchdowns, some tremendous runs, uh, particularly after halftime. And uh, you think about in that third overtime. Uh, we were in a tough spot, and uh, you know that um, that two point conversion because Holton had gone through yes. his other options, and he, he the only thing he could do was either yes. run, run it or you know or, or throw it out to Keaton in the flat. And, and, and when I saw that uh, Memphis defender breaking, I was like, "Oh, making mi- making miss, Keaton, making miss." And about that time, as soon as he caught him, the Memphis guy overran him, and Keaton walked in. Actually, if you watch that play. I mean, uh, he made he made he made a move, but I mean, that, Keaton, Keaton waited for him. Right, that's what he he let him he allowed him to overrun him, and then yes. and then he just stepped inside the pylon. It was very rope a dope. He he yeah. waited for him to come after him, then went. Right, and uh, it, it was very 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 hit, a very hitty play by Keaton. And yeah. Keaton had another big run in overtime. Going toward the boneyard. Yeah, that, where he cut where it he inside. Made, yes. made like three Memphis defenders collide almost. Yes. <laughs> that, uh, was, that, was, that was right there in front of me. Yeah, Keaton, Keaton played. You know, I never really thought Keaton was a guy that needed to get lathered up. Uh, well, you know, I'll, you know, that's the term I like to use. Harris is a guy who I always thought he needed to get lathered up. Last night, Keaton got stronger as the game went. And uh, those Memphis defenders uh, got tired of trying to defend him. And uh, he uh, he played excellent last night. That was a great game by Keaton Mitchell. And, no doubt. Um, you know, and I have, like I said before, I have nothing against Isaiah Winstead. Uh, we uh, you know, we need him desperately. But to me, Keaton was the offensive MVP. Yes, he was. I agree. And, and um, But as far as Zay Winstead, um, I can't remember if we've mentioned his numbers, but how about Zay, nine catches for 154 yards. Uh, he's having a – Tremendous season, and yep. he, he's well on his way. You know, with still at least five, hopefully six games remaining, and who knows? Maybe, maybe uh, the stars will align, and uh, and we'll find a way to uh, to uh, get back in the the hunt uh, as far as the championship. But obviously, that's a very much a long shot at this point. But uh, hopefully, playing six more games, and uh, you know. He's looking at maybe a twelve hundred, fifteen hundred yard season. I mean, he's he's something like right around seven hundred yards, or, or at least six hundred or so already. Guys, he yeah. This before at media day, he mentioned that he. I asked him his goal for the season. He said fifteen hundred, and when he went down, it was kind of hard, you know, to see him getting that. But like you said, he's getting up there, so that he's he still has mathematically a shot to get that goal of fifteen hundred yards this year. Yeah, and CJ made some big plays also. Ben, we're talking about receiver. The, we, we mentioned earlier the uh, the winning two point conversion play. Uh, that was, you know, an old play that Keaton, uh, that, excuse me, that uh, Holton and uh, CJ have been running for years. And uh, Holton asked for it uh, on the sideline, asked that they run it, and they did. And CJ, with the defender all over him, makes the catch for uh, what turned out to be the winning two point conversion. Uh, but as we're talking about receiver, I you know I want to bring up again, and I keep bringing it up every week, man. Ryan Jones at tight end is just not having the year 
that he was projected, that he was projected to have. He, he did have a big block last night on uh, on, on a key play, but um, but you also have to throw, have plays for him, and you also have to throw it to him. I mean, well, is he getting open? I mean, I'd, I'd have to watch tape and really look now to see, you know, because during the game I'm so caught up in the plays. I need to go back and we, we, you know, watch to see if he's getting open. Um, I, you know, Ryan is such a talent, but uh, having a very disappointing year so far, and uh, hopefully that'll change. You know, I just got to figure at some point it will. And uh, this UCF game, we're we're gonna we're gonna need everybody clicking on all cylinders if we're gonna have a chance to win it. So uh, this will be a week for Ryan to get it going. Yeah, and I, and I think I mean I. I think disappointing season's a little, little harsh, a little strong there. Um, well, when you yeah. got somebody that's got NFL potential, well, I just, um, I, he's got. I mean, right at thirty catches, twenty nine for three hundred four and four touchdowns. And you think about it, last night there, um, it was a, a critical third down in uh, was it the first overtime where where Holton found him. It was toward the Murphy Center. Yeah, Holton found him right there on a little. Yeah. On well, a stick route or something, and then he caught it, and then made a nice run after the catch to pick up the first down. Yeah, well, in my opinion, I thought he was going to be the best tight end in the conference and one of the best tight ends in America. So, for my expectations for him, it's disappointing. I mean, yeah, for an average tight end, he's having a good year, but I think Ryan Jones can be elite, and um, I I think he still he, there's still plenty of season left for him to. to to do the things that I think he's capable of. And uh, like I said, it would be a good week to start this week against the Knights because, man, are they humming. Uh, no doubt about it. In fact, this is a big gig. Let's uh, great win for the Pirates. And let's talk now about Larry's question, Bubba, if we can. He's asking about, uh, guys, uh, what are the winnable games left on here? He doesn't see Cincinnati or BYU as a win. but uh, Well, I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, BYU's defense – has struggled recently. Um, you know, they, they've been giving up more and more points every week. So, uh, BYU is a winnable game. Um, I, I think Cincinnati's winnable, and I'll tell you why. Uh, since he has struggled, since he has won, but they haven't been blowing people out. Uh, you, South Florida had a chance against them. Um, the Indiana win doesn't look as impressive as it did. Um, so, I think Cincinnati's good, but I think they're beatable. And I also really believe Mike Houston has that circled. Um, obviously, Cincinnati's been the kingpin of the league, so you can say everybody has them circled. But I think the blueprint of what Mike Houston wants to be is what Cincinnati is. And I, I really believe we have an off week before we play the Bearcats. Yep. Um, I, I, I really would not be surprised. If you want an upset, if you want to look at the rest of the schedule, uh, Houston's winnable and Temple's winnable. To get to a bowl game, uh, th- those are games we should win. And to answer your question, if you want to know how we're going to get to a bowl, uh, Houston's at home. We should be favored, and we will be favored on the road against Temple. So there's your path to a bowl. But if you want to look for a game for an upset, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna harp on it, and I'm gonna keep saying it and talking into, and talking into happening. I, I would not be surprised if we go on the road and have a chance to upset the Bearcats in a few weeks. Yeah, they're there. Uh, last year, it was going to be a tall task. And we knew that at the end of the season uh, for 2021, when they were there, it was a little chilly that night. Uh, we knew that was going to be, I mean, they've lost so many, not to say they don't have talent, but they had a, 
you were talking about elite talent. They had elite talent uh, for their quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Um, I forgot how many guys that went to the NFL, but a lot. And a senior-led team because of COVID. And, uh, of course, they made the playoff. But if you look at it um, this year, do they have talent? Of course. uh, But there's a difference between good and great. And I think that's what it is with Cincinnati. They have good talent. But last year and the year before, they had great talent. And that's that's the difference. Um, well, I think they have great talent this year. I just think they're very inexperienced. Um, and, and but like I say, they're beatable. They are beatable. Um, uh, they're they're un, you know they they're a one loss football team. Uh, they're number nineteen in the country, and they deserve all the accolades they're getting. But I, I do think they're beatable. I, right now, I think UCF is playing the best football in the league. Um, that is a very tall task. Uh, this coming week with the Knights coming to town. And um, I, that line opened to three. I think it's up to four and a half now. Um, I would expect it to go up even more. Uh, I, Six or seven? Yeah, I, maybe. Maybe at least five. Um, I, you know, it, it, it's going to take our best performance of the year uh, to, to, to beat the UCF Knights this week. And you, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get just that, our best performance of the year. But uh, I, I, to me, they should be in the top 25. Um, this week, uh, Tulane was 25th. Cincinnati was 19. Uh, UCF was 27. They were number. They were the second team in the receiving votes category, so number 27. Um, they should be in the top 25. Uh, to me, if we beat the Knights, it's a watershed game. It's a, if the fans want to rush the field, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't bother me one bit. Uh, if we find a way to beat the Knights this week, um, it's uh, yeah, we had a hard time beating them in recent years, and well, everybody has. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I'm just saying, it's not like when people, you know, it's funny. Our fan base, another thing, our fan base, you know, they're not happy. We won the game. Come on, we won the game. Well, I think most people are happy that that, that we beat Memphis. Um, what I don't understand about some of our fans is, uh the people that, that say, well, it took overtime to beat a team we were a six-point favorite against. Well, the line opened at three, and then it went up to six. There was I said it all week. There was no reason that we should have been a six-point favorite or a five-point favorite even. I said it all week. It made no sense. You were taking on a four-and-two football team who had lost to Ole Miss and lost by one point to Houston. That's their only two losses. And, you know, Literally, Mike Houston, and this is not a Michael Mike Houston, this is just a fact. Mike Houston had beaten one team that's finished with a winning record at Dowdy Cookland Stadium since he's been head coach, and that's SMU. So um, this Memphis team will likely finish with a winning record. Now, we beat Marshall on the road. We beat at Memphis on the road last year, but I mean in Greenville. So, uh, you know, ODU may finish with a winning record this year also, but uh, that was a huge win last night. I don't care what the spread was. That spread to me was stupid. I thought it was an even game, and uh, it, it it appeared that way uh, based on uh, what happened last night. And by the way, back-to-back years, uh, we got overtime with Memphis. How about that? That's right. Another great point. In yeah. There. Like you're saying, Kyle, I mean, that that uh, Memphis team, 4-2, uh, and two, and you know the the stars had to align just right as far as the way Houston finished that game yep. for Memphis not to be five and one. That, and that's a good football team we beat last night. No, no doubt. And uh, so the the spread was stupid to me. And uh, I, yeah, it would have been great to win in regulation. And uh, you know I, I'm I'm disappointed the defense didn't get the stop in regulation. 
but uh, it, it, it sure did make for an exciting conclusion to the ball game, and uh, nobody's going to forget that game, that's for sure. But as far as the defense is concerned, and we, we talked about, um, yes, Hennigan was able to throw for a lot of yards, a little over 400, but we did pick him off twice, and those one went for a score, the other one set up a score, as we've already discussed. But uh, the and defense, we did, and the, we did the, what the I defense. said. We also uh, did. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, just the point I was making about the defense is that after allowing, after we allowed 17 points in the first half, that um, the defense played much better after halftime. Yeah, they played great in the second half, except for that, you know, the, the last drive regulation. But I, I, uh, I said, you know, pointed out this past week, and it's kind of been what Memphis has done some this year. Um, I said, we need to hold them to field goal attempts. They'll get in the red zone and then kind of settle for field goals because their kicker is so accurate. They, they're not overly aggressive once they get down there. And, um, you know, we, we did that. There was many times, you know, what did they kick? Three field goals, four field goals last night. How many field goals did they kick last night? Three sounds right, but I don't know. Yeah, they were three for three because the, the kid, um, I'm trying to remember his name, but it was a transfer from the University of Florida. Yeah, and he he entered the game 11 for 11. So so yeah, I just remember thinking late in that game, hey, this kid after he hit that 46 yarder, and uh, you know was talking a little smack. Yeah, he he was 14 out of 14. Yeah, you know there was a part of me that was just thinking, as accurate as that kid is, and Houston called timeout before the PAT. I I thought just for a minute in my mind, I said, wouldn't it be ironic? If we block this PAT and that's how we win this game, um, didn't happen. But we won it in overtime. But uh, certainly yeah. makes me curious. Um, just uh, makes me wonder what the Florida Gator kicking game is like this year. If if um, that kid that kid left and see what their place kicker is doing. Yeah, he, he, that kid's really good, and uh, he's a weapon. But uh, I think also it can be a crutch. Um, because I do think Memphis gets a little conservative in the red zone because they know they have him and they have three points locked up. Uh, you know, there was a time where uh, where he made a kick and um, they caught us off sides and it would have given Memphis a first down. Uh, it liked the two, maybe. It, it would have been real close to the goal line. And uh, they kept the three points. And I was a little surprised that they didn't take the penalty and uh, take the first down. Uh, do you guys remember that? It was late in the game. Yeah. I think, yeah, I know the play you're talking about. I think it was such a tight game, though, um, Kyle. What I would say to that is I agree with you because I'm aggressive, but a lot of people would say you shouldn't Yeah, take keep the points. Yeah, but the, my, my thing, my only thing with that is he is so accurate, is that uh, if you have to settle, as long as you don't turn it over uh, and you had to settle for a field goal again, you'd have probably made it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. In fact, uh, with a game like that, you know, people can argue about keeping the points on the board, but you also can argue you need every single point you can get. And the, what we talk about, it seems like a lot because of uh, the parity and the American that it's a minus four. So they, that's four you didn't get. So uh, while it's great, uh, they scored, you know, the three field goals, that's obviously nine points, but they needed more points. And that's why we're here talking about a pirate victory. It was great. And it was great to see too, by the way, one thing I want to mention to you guys and I forgot early in the show, I was going to mention, and I just realized I didn't, uh, being down 17, um, that's fantastic for this team. Uh, not We can't get, I'll say this, we can't be down 17 to UCF, we'll never come back. Um, but, no. with the fact that, but the fact that we came back from a team 
I felt like this was an even team. I feel like next week with uh, UCF, they have more talent. They're on a roll. Um, I feel like um, it's going to – I don't think it's going to be a blowout by UCF. Um, but right now, if I had to lean, I don't put money on it, but I would I would say I would lean towards UCF. Um, I believe in our Pirates. But, man, they – I mean, what was it, guys? 70 they put on Navy? Oh, uh, Temple. Temple. I'm Temple, I'm in. Sorry, Temple. Yeah, 70. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, – <laughs> You know, I'm not saying Temple's a – I know they're a bad football team. Well, what's scary about UCF is their defense has been good all year and uh, really good. And now their offense has started clicking the last couple of weeks. And uh, uh, that's that. That's what's scary about the Knights is forget the 70 they put up. Their, their defense has been stingy all year. And now if their offense is legitimately going, uh, they're going to be tough to beat for anybody. Uh, I, I Like I said, I – uh, you know, I know UCF, excuse me, I know Cincinnati and Tulane are in the top 25. But if you ask me who the best team in the American is right now, I, I believe it's the Knights. Another thing I want to bring up I don't think we've talked about is uh, I'm, I'm concerned with the defense with um, the X plays. Again, um, uh, Bubba, I think I know there was one. Was there one for 40 yards last night? But um, we have to be careful of um, if we have a team like, in other words, UCF coming in, it's going to be a long night at Dowdy Fickler next Saturday night if we're going to give up those X plays because that's something that I felt like that under the Blake Harrell era, I'm not saying you're not going to have a busted, you know, busted coverage and you're not going to have one. I get that, but it just seems like, is it me or the last few weeks we're seeing more and more busted plays? I mean, excuse me, X plays again. Last night, uh, tight end for, for Memphis, a former walk-on quarterback, he absolutely killed us. And, uh, and especially there early, they had some excellent, uh, well-designed plays, you know, where they'd roll Hennigan one way and then throw back to the tight end. And uh, that, you know, that was uh, Priestcorn, um, Caden Priestcorn, the big tight end for Memphis. Yeah, he, he was a heck of a player, and uh, I'm glad we don't see him anymore. But uh, Yeah, and that was another thing I was going to is that um, a player like him is uh, – He's an elite player, so I'm not knocking him. He uh, he. Uh, but to, to answer your question, Dave, yeah, we yeah, and it goes all the way back to the old Dominion game. Uh, we, we will give up big plays in the passing game, and you know, and and we made some big plays last night defensively against the pass with the picks. But uh, if you look at the last drive of regulation, it was one big pass play that kind of put them in position to score to to. Uh, tie it and take it into overtime. Um, so it kind of is what it is. Uh, but UCF um, is going to test our uh, secondary, and their quarterback is also very mobile. Uh, yeah, so. uh, Robert Dedrick brought that up, Kyle, talking about John Rice Plumley, um, yeah. former Ole Miss Rebel who also played baseball for Ole Miss. And obviously, uh, you know, East Carolina fans know what a quality baseball program Ole Miss has, so that tells you something. He's good enough to do both of those at Ole Miss, and um, you know he's going to be doing both, I believe. I think he intends on playing baseball as well for the ninth. But uh, and John Rice Plumley, because of when he transferred, was unable to, to play baseball for him this past spring. But uh, you know that. That adjustment period you know, early this season, you know, they were struggling a bit on offense, um, new pieces with Plumlee at quarterback. 
but uh, he has certainly uh, you know, seemed to be hitting his stride now. They've put up 109 points in their last two games, 39 against SMU, and like Dave mentioned, 70 against Temple. And some of the playmakers they have at the skill positions, you know, guys like um, drawing blanks on their name now, like, but uh, but they have some, they have tremendous talent at, at those skill positions, and we certainly uh, have uh, have our hands full this weekend. Uh, Ryan O'Keefe, and then also Johnny Richardson. Yeah, yeah, the they're, Knights they're have playmakers. They're uh, they're having a football team, offense and defense, and like I said, we kind of beat a dead horse here, repeating ourselves, but we're going to have to play our best ball game of the year. Uh, to get back to this week's game, uh, I mentioned the uniforms earlier. Um, fantastic. I, I love those uniforms. Bubba, didn't really get your opinion on them. Uh, well, well, what were your thoughts of the uniforms? I thought they were our best uniforms in years, and I'd love to see them with our current purple helmet with a gold face mask. That's pretty much how I feel, Kyle. I, I love the uniforms as they were. I you know, the ridiculousness as far as the white helmets, as far as superstitious and uh, don't play well on them. I mean, that was – I didn't, you know, think twice about that. Uh, but it, I, I'm like you. I prefer a purple helmet. Um, so that would be the one thing if I was nitpicking. Uh, I love the uh, – and just generally speaking, I'm, I'm normally not – Huge on stripes, but I I love those stripes on the the sleeves of the jersey and then the pants. Just yep. um, going back to the eighty nine to ninety seven uniform, and and then I just think that uh, if you had a purple helmet with a gold face mask, and whether it's the script pirates or uh, that's my preference, but I think the flying ECU would look good as well uh, with that uniform, and then. You do our current logo also. The current logo is on the pants. Yes. Take so that be, off. Take that off. And then take uh, it off. Take I, take the current logo off the pants. Uh, or, or leave it. Or leave it on. I, I'm. I, I'm just talking about us using our current helmet with the uniform. So okay. I was just, just I was just talking about making it a straight. The modern throwback of that '89 to '97 uniform, with, but uh, I would like to see how it would look uh, with our Jolly Roger helmet. Yeah, I, I think if you if you start the Jolly hat, throw the Jolly Roger helmet up there, but add it, but just change the face mask to gold. Uh, I think it would work. Um, it, 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 uh, it those uniforms are fantastic. I, I can't imagine anybody not liking them. As far as what Robert Paul's chiming in here on Facebook and talking about the throat, yes, yeah, throwback scoreboard graphics. So you you had the the script pirates up there. Uh, you had the strutting PD. Uh, you had the Tech Mobile graphics when pirates, pirates win. Where you had, you know, the way it would look, where it wasn't in high definition of, of Mike Houston and selected players, and that, those were really well done. I, I love the uh, the 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 PD the strutting PD was an eight bit look. It looked like a Nintendo NES type graphic. Yeah, I was going to um, say. Yeah, I, it 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 was cool. It was cool stuff. To, I, I will make two complaints about the scoreboard. I uh, love the graphics. Two two complaints about the scoreboard. One, uh, why aren't we giving scores from other games on the scoreboard anymore? Two, yep. we have that giant, and this has always bothered me because I watched the game on the scoreboard. 
We have the giant ass scoreboard and we only utilize a small portion of it for the actual game. And I know we got to sell advertisement, et cetera, et cetera. But I wish we would utilize a little bit more of the screen for the actual game because uh, there are those of us that watch the game on the scoreboard. But uh, my first chance to see the new screen, it looked good. The graphics were, were, were done well. Um, really don't have too many complaints about anything with the atmosphere of the game last night in terms of production. Um, I'm not a huge fan of all the uh, remix stuff by Still Life, but overall, uh, thought everything was well done last night. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the um, being on ESPN, uh, was that uh, you last night? And is it uh, two next week? No, ESPN uh, you ESPN again next week. Again. Oh, it is you. Okay, I wasn't one hundred percent. Yeah, so um, for those people, by the way, here's another complaint that I love um, so much. I'm saying it sarcastically when people talk about, oh, my gosh, it's not on. We're not on ESPN. We're on ESPN Plus. I mean, my gosh, like we're on ESPN, guys, and that's the way. With well, ESPN, you. I mean, it's linear TV. I, I I get the complaints to a point about the ESPN Plus um, because, you know, it's not linear television. And yes, I know. uh a little, uh, the majority of college football fans that are real college football fans have a subscription to ESPN Plus. But here's here's the thing: it, 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 most people that are going to watch a game on ESPN Plus are looking for a specific game. Um, what you miss when you're not on linear linear television is the people channel surfing, looking right. for the close game, and that's what you get when you're on ESPNU. And look, ESPNU is is available. I don't know about everybody else's um, satellite and cable, but with my satellite, ESPNU is available on the base package. So it's, you know, I, I don't know if that's the standard across the board now for most, but yeah, for, for me with Dish, uh, if you get ESPN, you should be getting ESPNU. So it's good coverage. And also, <laughs> like when you're talking about Sling and those other ones, I mean, they're pretty much giving you. Um, ESPN, ESPN2, and I believe you as well on a lot of the newer, you know, people that are looking at yeah, a lot of the streaming services like Sling and, and a Hulu Plus, et cetera. Yep. Something I do like that they're, they're doing with this new school board this year is the live look-ins. You know, as soon as I walked in the stadium yep. yesterday, they had two games that split screen up there with Tennessee, Alabama, and then whatever other game. So, so that was good, and uh, that's something that, you know it's been done all season. It's been, so, uh, it's been a lot. This is like the third year um, that they've done that. Yeah. yeah. Does anybody I, know why we're not giving scores on, on, on the scoreboard anymore for other games? No, because that's the, one of the things that I've been complaining about. Because we talk about all the time. You know, we're talking about attendance. Well, if I can, if I can go to the bathroom very quick, I can go to the fridge very quick. I can you know, use my phone. I've got a laptop, computers, all that. Um, when the away games are going on, man, that's great because like you talk about Kyle all the time, we can sit down on our couch from the time that college day um, game day is on like 9 a.m. all the way through uh, what midnight or one o'clock in the morning. So um, that's the thing that we've got to uh, not to get off on a tangent because we're about an hour right now. We've been on the air. But one thing that we do need to improve on is, is our game day bad? No. But we really need to wire. Um, our internet is terrible. Um, at, yeah, it's bad. And you can't access 
it's hard to access score, so they need to have them up on the scoreboard. And I don't yeah. know why they don't. They they did last year and prior like years. The, yeah, it's like in the left, wasn't it? My imagination helped me remember, but I'm so tired. The left corner. I, I, I believe you pay for that. I believe you have to pay for that service, but it, it is not very expensive. It can't be. Yeah, uh, well, that's, that's something that uh, Ryan Meador, I know he talked about when we had him on. It was yeah. very, back in the day, it was very expensive, he said. But it's not now. Yeah. Not now. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's anything to do with the switching to Gamefly or anything like that. Uh, that Play is a possibility. Huh? Play fly. Play fly. You're, uh, you're running some N64 games. Yeah, yeah. Gamefly is an old game service from back in the day. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Play fly. Yeah. And, uh, and that's nothing wrong with Play fly. They, they don't own that many properties, but they do have some elite properties. You know, uh, I was looking last night. They have like 30 colleges, and uh, we're in good company. The LSU's with them and a few others. So it's not like Play is a bad company. Um, but uh, I, I can't imagine that LSU isn't having scores at the bottom of the screen. So uh, we, we, that's something we need to start doing. That's something that we need to we need to have answered. Somebody needs to answer that question, be it John Gilbert or Ron Robinson, why are we not having scores from other games uh, on, on the screen at our games? Um, something, something else as far as ESPN Plus, while we're on that topic, I'm sure a lot of our viewers already do this, um, but you know, if, if you are, tuned in and you, you know you're not as familiar with ESPN plus and the ESPN app you know what what I do you know when I'm you know, going from game to game you know games that are being televised you know whether it's by one of the ESPN stations on you know linear television or one of the ESPN plus games I just bring up college football scores and I'm up at the top of this screen I put FBS all and so I, that way I can just scroll through every game and if the game's over you can click on highlights if the if the game's currently in progress you know you can click on watch or view whatever it says and that makes it very simple because yeah. you, you see the score and the time the situation in the game and like you were saying Kyle on that okay I see this game you know it's in the fourth quarter and it's a one-score game, so I'm gonna go to this one. Yeah, no doubt. If you're if you're huge like you know, cultural fans like you and I that, that watch everything, that's it's great to do. Uh, what did you guys think last night um, when we when we got the when Holton hit CJ and we went up? I really felt like at that point we had to win the game then, and I felt like the rest of the crowd did too. Uh, Bubba, is that kind of how you felt? It was, and, you know, going back to that play, the two-point conversion there in the fourth overtime down the Boneyard end, man, that was a excellent throw by Holton. He said that was something they had not repped outside of, you know, just one-on-ones against the DBs. That's something they hadn't repped in you know, Skelly or team. And, and it goes back to the connection that he and C.J. Johnson have and he, he put that slot fade right on the money, and C.J. was getting interfered with. But to his, yeah. credit, to his credit, he made the catch anyway and then uh, stood up and let the let the uh, DB from Memphis very, very uh, subtle, but uh, he let him know about it. Yeah, and I thought that, you know, again, I guess they didn't want to call uh, put a flag there because – I'm not a fan. And they may have thrown the flag had he not had he not caught the ball. I will I will say that. 
That's true. The, the flag should have been thrown either way, but you see that a lot of pass interference that is thrown after the fact. Yeah, well, the main thing is we won the game 47-45. We're moving on. Uh, and the good news is we have, uh, what, five games left. So we have two wins. We need to get two out of five, win two out of five. And I, I think it's totally <laughs> totally possible. And uh, I hope Pirate fans will stay positive. Get your tickets, ecupirates.com, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. Get those tickets this week. I'm already talking to people already now about are they coming to the game, trying to like friends. I know um, Bubba will be there and Kyle, I guess it depends on how you feel, my friend. Yeah, it's going to depend a lot on how I respond to chemo this week, first week of chemo. Uh, so that's a big if. Uh, if I am up to it, I'll be there. If not, I have a damn good reason why. <laughs> so, uh, hey, how about that? If you can match my reason, you, 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 that's, that's a good excuse not to go to the game Saturday. If you can't match or top my reason, have your ass there. How about that? Yeah, it sounds good to me. We've got uh, a lot of things. By the way, Craig says ESPN Plus also has split screen and four screen, et cetera. You keep the volume of the first game and the others are just video. I did not realize that. Thank you for bringing that up, Craig, because I did not realize that either. I did. Tell us exactly uh, how to use that function. I'm sure it's not. uh... I've never been a big split screen. I'm like ADD big time, so I don't. I, I, I'm not a particular fan of split screen either, though there are times um, yeah. where I, I could definitely utilize that uh, in games where I'm, you know, not overly invested, where I just want to see close right. ball games. Yeah, where you have two or three that are coming down to the wire and you want to see both of them. So, yeah, I'll definitely uh, be talking to you, Craig, if I can't figure that out myself. And then Richard Allsbrook. Uh, He's talking about the overtime rules and how in the third overtime now it becomes a two-point conversion off. Uh, he doesn't like that. No, it's stupid. Um, it's word. exciting. It's exciting, but it's stupid. Uh, and, and how, about, how about, you know, just migrating from one end of the field to the other to, to run two plays? Idiotic. Idiotic. <laughs> Completely idiotic. Uh, if, if they want to shorten overtime, and that's what the reason the whole thing was done, is the amount of plays that were having to be ran in overtime, seven. You have six, seven overtime games and a ton of plays being ran. Look, just start overtime at the 50 instead of the 25 for each possession, and you'll have overtime end a whole lot faster because at that point you have to earn even field goal range. So uh, I think uh, they overthought it when they uh, when they changed the overtime rules. It, it's exciting, but it uh, – I don't know, man. It feels like a penalty kick in soccer or something. Exactly. Crazy. I was getting ready to say that. It's like, you know – World Cups are decided on penalty kicks. That's how um, Germany won in 1990. You're going over Italy. You're like, dude, uh, th- they, these two teams have fought. I'm glad you knew that. I was there. That's the reason I know that. But okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's a whole. That's why one of the reasons why I love soccer so much. That's a whole other show. Um, Craig says, at least on my Xbox, you hit the X button that allows you to add multiple games to the screen. I assume there's a way to do it on other consoles. Okay. There you go, brother. Hey, Craig is a great man. You're an Xbox guy. I know Bubba's an Xbox guy. Uh, Kyle, I don't know. Are you an Xbox guy? I uh, damn right I'm an Xbox guy. That's my favorite. Oh, you mean video games. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm an Atari guy, Dave. No, I know that. But, I mean, as far as the new systems, the new consoles. Oh, oh I'm an Atari guy, Dave. Uh, I, I don't I don't have a current system. Um, I, 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 got a, I got my Atari 2600, my Atari 7800, my Nintendo. NES, my Sega Genesis, and loads of old school games. That's my preference, and uh, that's the way I like it. Good games only need eight, gra- eight, eight. 
Good games only need eight bits. Well, Craig Doucette, the official tech facilitator and consultant of the sports objective. Who, yeah. Who's that, Craig? Okay. Yes, yes indeed. Yes. Well, PlayStation, uh, Sony, they can't get their act together with the PS5s. I mean, they, they're they losing such – I mean, to me, um, our family has PlayStation 4, um, but we're they're losing the market with us. We're like uh, hardcore now Xbox because of – the game pass. You know, yeah, yeah, I heard basically, you know, I don't play modern games, but that's what I've heard that uh, you're you're pretty foolish at this point if you don't have game pass and Xbox that the PS5 is a waste of money. There you go, Craig. You are my man. There you go. And the jukebox, brother. I'm an old school play Galaga Pizza Hut guy. Craig, you and I, and actually Kyle and I are both into retro or retro. Oh, I'm, 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 Huge retro gamer and uh, Galaga's all-time classic. For uh, can anybody uh, can anybody tell me the predecessor to Galaga? What was Galaga's secret? I know it, uh, Gal- uh, Galaxian. And Galaxian, you are correct, sir. Yeah, those are. In fact, today we were at the Great Chuck E. Cheese and they had this huge. Uh, it's a modern version of Space Invaders. Oh yeah, it's great. And my kids loved it, and I was like, yes. <laughs> and they have Pac Man and stuff like that. So. And I think, uh, Kyle, not to get off the topic here real quick, but I know you've said before, you made a great point years ago when we were uh, first doing the show off here one night. Um, a lot of the old games, my kids, the first game my kids learned how to play in love was Frogger. Yep. Easy, very easy to learn, very easy, very easy concepts. And sometimes we talk about coaches overthinking things. Gamers, uh, developers, overthinking. Uh, N- Nolan Bush, now the founder of Atari, also the founder of uh, Chuck E. Cheese, by the way. Uh, no- Nolan Bush now said the perfect game is simple enough for anybody to play, but difficult enough that nobody can master it. Frogger's a great example. Anybody can play Frogger, nobody's going to master it. There you go. And uh, Bubba, I know Bubba's big in the video games. So, hey, Bubba, do you have like a, what about a, um, uh, speaking of, oh, I know, I know one thing I want to mention, and we haven't talked a lot about. Speaking of games, I can't wait. I don't know the exact time next year, but we should have NCAA football back. I'm, I'm just stoked. yeah, that's a good point, and we'll get off the video game topic, but that is relevant, and that may make me go buy a new system. It is supposed to, yeah, the new, the new college football game is supposed to launch uh, in 2023, and uh, if it's like it used to be, it'll be in July. So uh, July was always the release time. So I'm assuming it'll be July 2023, and uh, that may make me go buy a new console. Designers of that game, give Keaton Mitchell 99 speed. Yes, please. (laughs) It's going to be fun because that's my uh, my son. Um, He didn't know, and it makes sense, um, but he didn't know that they used to have the NCAA game. And because he was born in 2013, so – and you know, I would still, assume I basketball will also be returning. And, uh, you know, I, I got to wonder now, they, they did this. Well, baseball? well EAC, I can, then we'll, then we'll get off this topic. I know some people are like, what are y'all talking about? The reason there was two college baseball games that ever came out is EA lost the license for Major League Baseball and it had went to 2K Sports. And so uh, EA could not produce a college baseball game for, or a professional baseball game for a couple of years. And so they tried to release some college baseball game. And the sales were just so-so. College baseball has increased in popularity tremendously since the early 2000s when that happened. So it'll be interesting to see 
Um, obviously, college football is going to be back. College basketball will be back. It'll be interesting to see if they come out with a college baseball game again um, because the market is probably there now to carry it. It's definitely ripe. In fact, Bubba puts, uh, if you're watching live on the archive, the American scoreboard will shift now back to football. And Bubba, I know an exciting week right around the league. Yeah, we talked about the way the way UCF lit up Temple on, I guess, what, Friday night or th- Thursday night? Right. Uh, no, Thursday, you're right. It was Thursday night, uh, 70 to 13. Then you had um, you know, a heck of a game between SMU and Navy uh, down in Dallas at Ford Stadium. Uh, it was SMU winning 40 to 34, a much needed victory for Rhett Lashley and the Mustangs. And then um, the only other Saturday game um, besides the Pirates and Memphis uh, was down in Tampa as you had Tulane. Um, and they, I, I guess, what got the bowl eligibility, 6-1 and one now yeah. for, for Willie Fritz and the Green Wave as they took down the Bulls 45-31. to 25th in the nation, uh, the Tulane Green Wave. Um, so uh, they just – they the, the, rave, the, the wave keeps rolling. Uh, and for the life of me, I still don't know how Southern Miss beat them. And that's a great point. Well, you know, uh, we talked about the variables in there. The offensive coordinator being the head coach of Southern Miss. There's a lot of things yeah. like we never know. Yeah, and upsets happen every week. Yep. So, um, we'll – and Tulane is one of those uh, games. That's why people were so upset. But I think people don't realize the catch. Well, they're 25th in the damn nation. So, if you don't realize it now, you're, you, know, you, you, you might not can read. I'm just saying that our fans last week, yes, a disappointment we lost, but it was not like we played down to our competition. I think, that, I, I think you have so many people and still people. And, and the Navy game may haunt us the whole season yep. if we don't make it to a bowl game. But I think you have so many people down that Navy game that another loss that fast, losing two out of three. I, I think people were more upset about that the Navy. I think the Navy game had more to do with the reaction to the Tulane game than the yeah. Tulane game did. And I think Bubba made a great point, though. You know, he was talking about, and Bubba helped me out because I don't want to misspeak and, um, like, put words in your mouth. But just talking about how the Navy game and the state game takes us away from being probably where it's going to be just slightly above, you know, 500 kind of season versus having a magical year. Is that right, Bubba? Something like that. I, just, I was just saying, you know, historically – you know, since the year two thousand, we have only we have only uh, lost less than five games in two seasons. That was two thousand, where we went eight and four, and then in twenty thirteen we went ten and three. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not sliding the the conference champions in 08 and 09. Uh, those were you know very fine seasons. And you know, winning nine games in each of those years, I guess what nine and nine and five each year. But, but my point was just that you know, we've had some games slip in, in those years where we've won eight and nine, where we, you know, we instead of two years with double-digit wins, 91 and 2013, we could have had, you know, at least about five or six. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think, you know, and, and that's one of those things when our fan base acts like, you know, we're so elite, you know, based on what? You know, we, we, we were we were we were utter dog crap under Scotty Montgomery. Um, you know, coach coach Houston last year, 
uh, kind of brought the program back up to where, where we wanted it. You know, we got the seven wins in a bowl game. And uh, expectations this year, I think, were to go to a bowl game. But we had the performance against NC State, and everybody started screaming conference championship, and maybe a little too soon. Uh, you know, I think one thing that, you know, the Navy game is still haunting a lot of fans. And I think the poor performance in special teams has magnified things. But, you know, we're, we're, we're a pretty good football team. We're four and three. Um, got a nice win over Memphis. That old Dominion game, that old Dominion win's looking pretty good right about now. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's they, they, beat, they beat the Chanticleers for 49-21. Yeah. I that was so, one of the surprises of yesterday is that yeah. I didn't even pay attention to that game because I thought Coastal was going to roll them. And, <laughs> uh, boy, was I, I'm glad I was wrong on that. But I really thought uh, Old Dominion didn't stand a chance in that game. And not that they're a bad – I'm not saying they're a bad team. Well, I'll tell you something. I was talking about that game last night to my buddy Craig out of Memphis. Uh, hey, Southern Miss had a big win, and we were talking briefly. And, and it came to me all of a sudden why I think Old Dominion won that game. Um, Coastal was undefeated, but Coastal had played arguably the weakest schedule in college football. Old Dominion had played a murderer's row. They had played Virginia Tech, East Carolina, Virginia, Liberty, all in a row. And they were battle-tested, whereas Coastal was undefeated but had played absolutely nobody. So uh, I think that maybe had a lot to do with what happened yesterday. Just off the top of my head, I'd say what the top team that Coastal Southern. Well, they no, Georgia, Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern, Southern. yeah, Georgia but uh, but to your point, uh, they had also played ULM and they had only beaten ULM by six or seven points, yeah. They, they they had they had struggled against almost everybody, and like I said, the toughest opponent they had played was Charleston, Lord have mercy, Georgia Southern, and uh, Georgia Southern was a hell of a win yesterday over James Madison, by the way. Um, so, yes. uh, another upset, James Madison was number 25. So, yeah, um, yeah I was just going to say, um, one thing I told you guys, I was going to briefly mention, um, because I know we're going to do the college football scoreboard and get out of here, but, um, that rule, that archaic rule of James Madison not being allowed to play for a championship. And I know they were undefeated when we were uh, talking about it yesterday, last night or yesterday afternoon, but. Um, it's ridiculous. They should be able to play for a championship and play for um, you know, a ball game. They, they, it doesn't make any sense to move it up from FCS to FBS, the transition year, not being able to play for a bowl game or a conference championship makes no Two sense uh, because you're, you're, you're moving. I think it's one year. Um, you, you're, you're, you're moving up. Okay. So why you would not be allowed to play for a conference championship or a bowl game? Uh, I get it if you're moving down from FBS to FCS, but you're at a disadvantage theoretically when you're yep. moving up. So why would you not be allowed to play for a bowl game and a conference championship? And uh, it's a shame James Madison this year, uh, unless they win their appeal, I believe they're already filed the appeal with the NCAA. <laughs> and so unless they win their appeal, they won't be able to go to a bowl game. Um, and they may win their appeal. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if if they're allowed to play in a ball. Yeah, and it makes sense to me because I told you guys, even though I'm not a App State fan, look at them. I mean, they had so many years in a row that they had a bowl. They move up. And I feel like, like you said, Kyle, it's it's not a matter of – I think they said something like 
what if um, you know a, a team has a good year or a good team, so they move up to FBS, and then like, and then after that, good quarterback or those good players are gone, they move back down. Well, that's a choice they make. I mean, I, I think that's who a, said that? I read it in an article yesterday. That's completely idiotic. I, I who would do that? Who who would move up to FBS for one year and then move? Up? Exactly. That, they said they were. That's why they, it was something to that effect. Because I said that's the dumbest. Well, then that's a rule that's just like you said, archaic. It is completely idiotic. I, that's yeah, no, you, that 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 rule needs to be done away with. Uh, you know, James Madison, and I'm worried about East Carolina, but right. JMU needs to be able to play in a ball game this year. Yeah, it would be the same difference if we and just like I said, Appalachian State um, several years ago had to sit out, and it was ridiculous. So, uh, but Bubba, I know we're talking college football for me. Um, <laughs> Very quickly, Dave, I just want to answer Richard's question here. As far yes, Richard, the Campbell win does count toward bowl eligibility. Yeah, so that's, that's been that way for year. years. Uh, you can count one FBS win for every year towards bowl eligibility. That rule was changed. Yeah. Oh my God, FCS, like twenty years FCS. ago. <laughs> yeah, what about the FBS? Yeah, you, but you can count one FBS. They knew what you meant. They knew what you meant. Yeah, it's probably been changed. How many years, Bubba? 15 at least. A long time. It, it used to be, uh, Richard, used to be, it, back in, at one point in the 90s, it didn't count. Then you did, then the rule was every changed where you, every, one every five years. Five years, okay. And uh, then it, it's been at least 15 years now that uh, you you can do one a year every year. Something I got to thinking about, Kyle, um, you know, because App State is three and three is what, and you were talking about the possibility, you know, should the Pirates and App State both go six and six and the chances of uh, a Myrtle Beach Bowl matchup between those programs. Um, just looking at App State's schedule, this was odd. I, don't, I can't remember what exactly caused this. They're in the situation we were in in Coach Houston's first year. Uh, where, you know, we had two FCS games when we played yeah. both Gardner-Webb and William & Mary. This this year they've already played the Citadel, and then here in a couple weeks they play Robert Morris. So I'm guessing that uh, the, the apps have to go 7-5 and five this year. They do. Uh, they would be the first team up if they're 6-6. Six and six. If there's not enough 6-6 six and six teams, um, they would they would be the first team up before a 5-7. and seven. Uh, which have this that has came up in recent history, so um, they do need to get to seven and five to guarantee themselves a bowl opportunity. No doubt. And uh, let's talk about college football scoreboard. Uh, the game that I I wrote off another one that uh, shocked me yesterday. I thought Alabama was going to pull it out, um, but Tennessee big winners fifty two forty nine in a shootout. And uh, congrats say to the Vols yesterday. Uh, what a what a game. Yeah, uh, huge, huge win for Tennessee. I got a soft spot for Tennessee. Jessica's granddad, who raised her, uh, was a big Tennessee Vols fan, grew up in East Tennessee, and uh, always cheered for the Vols. Jessica was raised a Tennessee fan. So uh, I uh, I have a soft spot for the Vols. Uh, don't care t- for too many Power 5 schools, but uh, I, I hope Tennessee wins the SEC. Uh, so uh, glad to see them beat Alabama. And uh, they, they took the goalpost down and threw them in the river. I don't know why they did that, but whatever. <laughs> uh, they can afford to replace them, that's for sure. Uh, but good for the balls. And uh, I, you know, I was made this point last night. I was talking to the buddy I mentioned earlier, Craig. I said, you know, boy, whoever Tennessee plays next week, that's an upset waiting to happen. 
Well, guess who they play, boys? UT Martin. How perfect is that? They got they got an easy game after they play Bama because anybody else in the SEC that would have been prime for an upset. So uh, the 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 gods are looking out for Tennessee this year. The college football gods, as uh, they have UT Martin um, after they play Alabama for uh, you know. So <laughs> you got to figure no chance of an upset with that one. So um, perfect timing for the balls and uh be interesting to see uh it's going to come down to them georgia for the sec east and uh hopefully the balls can get it done no doubt about it and uh i like craig's i know we're talking about the scoreboard did you see that bubba craig's comment on facebook he said we should play jmu at wake forest as a make your own bowl in quotes we should have it sponsored by chipotle Almost equal distance from both schools. Well, you know, I, I hope we, uh, I hope we're in a bowl and we don't have to make our own bowl. <laughs> but um, as we've seen last year, uh, there's no creativity to try to get us to a bowl game if we're not there. Otherwise, uh, we could have went to the Sun Bowl last year. Instead, we uh, let went Central Michigan bowl. go. Um, yep. But it's what it is. Don't want to bring up things from the past, uh, you know. But uh, Certainly, hope to God after last year and getting that bowl game stolen from us that we get the six wins to get to go to a bowl this year. Holt Naylor's deserves to go out uh, yes. as the bowl game winner. No doubt about it. And, you know, that very thing of um, I think the reason why you bring it up is to let an administration know don't make that happen again. And I'll just say this really quick, uh, looking at the time, have a contingency, a contingency plan. You know, they were talking about logistics. Well, our football program never makes money on any bowl. Name one bowl we've ever made money on. Uh, we don't make maybe that one, but there's most of the time we do not make money. We lose money uh, by t- by all the logistics of how many people we have to go, et cetera, hotel rooms, food, all that stuff. So, well, we didn't lose any money on this bowl because the conference covered it all for us. So it turned no, out we, we could have went to the Sun Bowl and and you know been all right, but. Is what it is. Hopefully, look, I, I, nobody's canceled anything for COVID so far this year. So let's hope to God that don't happen during ball season. No, it won't because uh, we hopefully when we, unless we're playing Boston College, but I digress. Let's talk about uh, some other games. Uh, NC State going down, no surprise there, not having Leary as their quarterback. But um, I tell you what, uh, I know that I was telling Matt because Matt's a Northeastern guy. I'm happy for Syracuse. That's another team we should be playing. Um, that we played years ago that I would love to see back on the schedule. But Syracuse having a huge year, and uh, and I have to tip my hat to them. Uh, what a great year so far. Yeah, good win by Syracuse. Nice to see uh, NC State go down um, with or without Larry. Uh, so the Orange uh, continue, uh, continue to have their best season in years. Uh, another one in the ACC, the Tar Heels beat Duke yesterday mm-hmm. in a, uh, you know, God, that game used to always be last game or next to the last game of the year. It should be. It should and, be. And here it is, come. you know, here it is being played in October uh, for the battle. What is that? What, what is it? The battle of what was, is it? Yeah. Is it the battle of the bell? Okay. Um, yeah, the victory bell. Victory bell. Okay. So, uh, so uh, Tar Heels uh, be the Blue Devils and other, uh, any other scores of notes, guys, that we need to mention yeah. before we get out of here? Guess where, um, you know, Dino Babers, we talked about him in Syracuse. Guess where he's, and they go to Clemson, uh, so we'll we'll the orange. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, and that's a game that Syracuse has given Clemson some issues. You know, I think both in Death Valley as well as in uh, 
the former carrier dome or whatever the dome's called now. But uh, so that will be interesting this week because um, Clemson is really uh, playing solid football now. And uh, speaking of another orange school uh, up in the Big Ten on the west side, you know, vying for the championship or division title rather to play for the championship against most likely uh, Ohio State or Michigan, uh, that is Illinois. Uh, Illinois is in the polls, and I think they're six and one now. So, so Brett Belima is doing a heck of a job uh, with the Illini. Yeah, much better fit for him. Um, uh, you know, he he didn't fit in at Arkansas. Uh, Illinois is where he needs to be, and uh, good year for the uh, Fighting Illini. I watched them early in the year. Did not see them being a six and one football team. Thought they were looking more like a six and six football team. Um, thought they were average. Uh, but uh, six and one for uh, the Fighting Illini, and uh, you know uh, a place I know very well, the Champaign-Urbana area. Um, so uh, I, I guess go go Illini. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've been there many times. <laughs> hey guys, one of the games to look forward to. Uh, fast forward this coming week. How about game days going to uh, Eugene, Oregon? How about Chip Kelly, UCLA, going to Eugene and Oregon? Uh, I know we don't give a lot of love to for Pac-12 games a lot of time on this program, but that's going to be on uh, 3.30 Eastern on uh, coming up this Saturday. It's going to be one game I'm looking at. 3.30 Eastern? So what, what, is, what is it, 11? Uh, 12.30. It's 12.30. Okay, that's not so bad. Um, yeah, uh, that, that that should be an interesting one in the uh, Pac-12. I really – I have trouble having any interest in Pac-12 football. I don't know why I will watch Mountain West football before I watch Pac-12 football. Uh but it is an interesting game with Chip Kelly returning to Oregon. And then last thing I had, Dave, the Big 12. Um, it's all purple atop the Big 12 on TCU and, and K-State are both 3-0. and uh, So, uh, you know, Sonny Dykes and the Horned Frogs getting a big comeback win over Oklahoma State yesterday. I think it's 43-40 down in Fort Worth. So uh, they remain perfect um, both in the league and overall. Uh, so, so that Big Twelve race is going to be interesting, and and uh, I was not surprised to see this. Uh, I, I honestly was a little surprised that they were a seven and a half point favorite. Um, so I, I thought they would win the game, but I, I took Kansas in the points. But uh, they actually ended up covering that as well. Oklahoma, a fifty-two forty-two winner over Kansas, um, and that's something in years past. That wouldn't have, you know, meant a whole lot for a variety of reasons because Kansas hasn't been as good as they are this year. But um, that was desperately needed for the Sooners as they snapped their three-game skid, um, you know, rolling up huh? rolling up 700 yards of offense. Yeah, and the bubble with that. Venables, man, I've been – I don't know about you, but all the radio that I've been listening to and social media um, – looking at stuff of Venables, man, he is not getting the homecoming um, that I'm, I'm sure that. Uh, well, you, you, you can't get beat by Texas that bad if you're Oklahoma. Oh I mean, yeah, that, no doubt. That's, that's embarrassing. Uh, and they had to do that yesterday or he might've got fired in year one. Um, so the reason uh, I, that did not surprise me on what they did yesterday. And the reason why, I mean, is just because Dylan Gabriel was back. Uh, yeah. With Dylan Gabriel, it, it would have been interesting to see, you know, how that Texas game would have gone had Dylan Gabriel 
been available. And like you said, and you still can't get get in there and get beat forty nine nothing. But it, I would have liked to have seen how that game would have played out. Uh, no, nah, they would have lost, had, but it would have been closer. Been available. Yeah, I think they would have lost, like but it would have it would have been it would have been, yeah. been a more competitive game. Something like that. Um, in fact, Sarah says, "Can we get the equipment guys on the show for the BYU trip?" Um, get the equipment guys just because of how far the trip is. Yeah, I, I guess just the uniqueness of that trip. Yeah, okay. I know Coach Houston talked about uh, what were people thinking about, you know, going to Provo, um, Utah, I guess, in you know October. But for me, I love that matchup. I think it's great. I think we have a chance to win. Um, that game it didn't look like at the beginning of the season but i think it's more of a win now than it was at the beginning of the year um but yeah justin justin butts is a fan of our show we'll uh, reach out to him and see if we can get him on and i know the the men and women that are part of that uh, group are just uh, man you want to talk about a thankless job think about the logistics of all the stuff that they have to do so that would be fun uh bubba and i will we'll work on that and i know um we'll try to get them on uh, for sure. Well, uh, let's see. Let's thank all our sponsors. By the way, want to give a, sh- a big shout out to LNK Custom Homes, uh, our good friend, Kevin Walker. You can call him. He is a licensed general contractor. He does great work. Uh, if you don't believe me, check out his stuff on Facebook for LNK Custom Homes. Give Kevin a call. 336-688-8461. Talk to our good friends. By the way, Kyle, gave you a shout out today. Our friends at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. Uh, because the Holiday Brothers, that's Mark and Terry Holiday, they own uh, Porky's Backyard Barbecue. Book them for your next event. Um, they will definitely take care of you. They will hook you up. And, so what, what was your shout out to me? Did you mention about the holiday party with the Holiday Brothers? Yeah, I mentioned to him again. And uh, he was, uh, Mark and I were talking on the phone. Uh, we got an event coming up on Halloween. We'll talk about that or um, on the 29th um, coming up there. But Give them a call at 252-661-0337 at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. It's uh, actually where Captain D's used to be way back in the day when there was a Walmart there. Um, but now it's Roses. A Belk are still there at the Roanoke Atlantic Shopping Center. Uh, you can dine there or drive through. They're open seven days a week, 11 to 8. So yeah, check I'm, I'm not sure saying as a former Captain D's is uh, <laughs> it's really, it's really giving them any... Uh, and I might want to leave that one out. Uh, it's a good location. Been there when it was uh, another restaurant between Captain D's and this. It's a good location. I had not tried their food since they've been Porgies. But uh, I'm sure it's good. My dad goes there from time to time. He says their food's good. So, uh, uh, you know, Porgies Backyard Barbecue. Uh, need, need to try some of their food at the future tailgate. And there's Justin saying he'd be glad to come on. So um, he doesn't there drive. There you go, Justin. Uh, that's a quick yeah. response. Yeah, he's on. See, that's what that's why you have to love equipment people because they get the job done and they're like, see, he's Johnny on the spot just like that. And he's looking forward to it. That's a nice long road trip out to Provo. I'm sure he's looking forward to driving across the Rockies. And, and- it, it, just to clarify, Justin doesn't drive himself, but it's his family that I, oh that owns the owns the um, business and the, the truck that's. Or they provide the truck that uh, someone else drives. But he's oh, still, so Justin's he's, family is just some rich family. They said, I think I can get the guys on for a talk. So no. hardworking truckers going to have to drive across the country while Justin reaps all the rewards. That's the right. uh, And finally, uh, speaking of uh, reaping all the rewards, that would be our good friends at pgxgloves.com because they have excellent stuff, guys. you got to check it out. Um, go there and write Kyle. I mean, I know how much you love pgxgloves.com. Yeah, I love them to death. Uh, 
PJSelfs.com. Go there, get yourself some custom gloves. Uh, maybe your kids play uh, softball. Maybe your kids play uh, football. Uh, get them some custom gloves. Have them shine out there on the field. Uh, have all their teammates be jealous and want to know where they got their custom gloves. Maybe you're a golfer and you want to go out there and you want something on your hands besides the standard golf clubs you can buy on the shelves. You want something custom. You want something cool. You want something that is you. Go to pgxgloves.com. Get yourself some custom gloves. And when you check out, put in promo code ECU and save yourself 25%. Thanks for Mark Kamenikazi. Kaz has been a great supporter of the program the last couple of years. We appreciate him very much. You guys have anything before we get out of here? I uh, enjoyed the game last night. Uh, Dave, appreciate you coming to uh, my birthday lunch today. I enjoyed uh, it, man. So, uh, a big week ahead of me, guys. Uh, keep me in your thoughts and prayers, everybody out there in uh, podcast land as I start chemo tomorrow. And um, hopefully I'm not throwing my guts up at this time tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm not either, kinda, man. Kind of scared of that. But uh, got to get it started if you want to get it done. Keep on moving. And uh, so that's all I got. Thank you, Justin. He says, thank you all for all you do for Pirate Football. Thank you, Justin, for all you guys do for yeah, absolutely. Pirate Football. I appreciate you, the thankless job, and uh, we appreciate that very much. Hey, maybe one time, Justin, can we ride in the the rig, me and Kyle and Bubba, Matt, a few of us get in there? Um, that would be that would be a lot of fun to go um, to ride in there. We'll uh, we'll take care of the equipment. I guess uh, Coach Houston would be like, that's a big Thank bag. you, Robert. I appreciate that. Thank you, Robert. That's awesome. We appreciate you very much. Uh, for sure. All right, we'll get out of here. Thank you, Bubba, for coming in and um, and producing, man. We appreciate all you do. Appreciate you, Kyle. Um, we're pulling hard for you. And uh, Justin says, heck yeah, come on. So, Kyle, let's work it out, man. You and I, that would be fun. I don't 18 know wheels and a dozen donuts. <laughs> uh, I could do a lot of trucker songs. I'm going to do that. We'll get out of there. Bubba's going to kill me if I don't. You guys have a Teddy great bear. There you go. I read so fine. We'll get out of here. Have a great night. See you guys. Go Pirates. All right. You've been watching the Pirate Football Playback on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night on our YouTube channel and Facebook Live as we talk East Carolina football. Follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Please like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. Go Pirates!